This is the Career Realities Podcast with me, Ethan Crane. A series of interviews that tries to uncover the realities of 9-5 to careers in various professions, however good or interesting they look from the outside. And to find out from my interviewees how they came to discover and do the work that they truly value. These Career Reality interviews are a compliment to my book, The Tyranny of Careers and the Joy of Work. More essays and information on the book can be found at www.ethancrane.com. That's C-R-A-N-E. Thank you for listening. So welcome to this week's Career Realities podcast. And this week I'm joined by Matt Callard, who works as a for the local authority as a as part of the School Improvement Service and is also a mentor for a speech therapy service as well. And we'll be talking a bit later about how he got into being a mentor for this service. And part of it is because of his own experiences with stammering. And perhaps before we start, as this is an interview, you could explain a bit about that, Matt. Yeah, sure. So it always helps me to explain when I'm speaking, I use a I use various speech therapy techniques to help me speak. So that's what we're doing today. Okay, right. Thanks. So um, Matt, as, we, as people who've listened to this podcast before will know, what I always do at the beginning is ask the question when, when people say to you, what do you do? How do you answer that question? Yeah. Always a tricky one. I, I would say I tend to give a slightly different answer depending on who I'm speaking to. So if I'm, if I'm giving a full answer, I would say I'm, I'm a mentor for a speech therapy course, which is the course I went on myself about eight years ago now. Over the last seven or eight years, I've been going back on the course to help my own speech and also to suppose tutor and mentor other people who go on the course for the first time and I do that unpaid and I find that works best doing it that way. Also I had a few what you might call day jobs along the way for paid work to support that and I'm currently working for a school's improvement service in the local authority in an office support role. So but that's that's quite a sort of lengthy answer to the question is that is that what you would say to people what do you give a job title sort of for what you do or do you actually feel that you feel like the need to explain at some length kind of what you do I, I guess like a lot of people who try and follow what they like to do it is quite tricky to give a job title some of the times because do you end up doing a number of different aspects that you enjoy so i would often just say what i do for my paid work but say i work for the local authority in a school's improvement service. Okay. But sometimes if I'm talking to different people, I might say I'm a mentor on a speech therapy course as well. Sometimes a bit of each. Yeah, it's, it's not always that easy to answer. But yeah. So what's kind of interesting about sort of the work you do now as, as a mentor is that you got into this work really because um, you were on the stammering course yourself and then you kind of realised that that's what you wanted to do. You wanted to help other people. So... In a way, I suppose you could say you fell into doing this work and you found the work that you like to do now, not by accident, but not through actually actively seeking out as where it kind of like fell into your lap in a way. So if we could just go back to sort of the other work you were doing before that, you know, how were you, what work were you doing for money sort of like after you left college and did you have any idea about, you know, what kind of work you might really want to do in the future then? So just explain about your work history, maybe. Yeah. yeah, sure. So that was very much actually why I went on the on the speech therapy course in the first place, because 
so up to that point, my speech was very difficult. It's quite hard to explain what the speech was like, but I would have in sort of therapy jargon, if you like, I would have what would be described as quite a severe stammer. That's how I, people used to speak for me quite a lot, which was okay to a point, but I used to, it was frustrating at times, of course. So around, I'd say 10 years ago, so I'd worked in various jobs that didn't involve much speaking. That was sort of a bit of an easier thing to do for me at that time. It wasn't particularly fulfilling, but um, I did it because it was, I'm more likely to fulfill my potential when there's not too much speaking involved. So I did factory work and sort of office support, printing type jobs. And it didn't involve speaking to a great extent, but I was never really particularly happy doing that. So I went on, I've tried a lot of speech therapy over the years, and I went on this course about eight years ago now and made made a big difference to my speech. And Remind us what it's called again, the course? Yeah. It's called um, The Starfish Project. It's, okay. um, yeah. it's a course held in East Sussex, but people come from all over the world to go on the course. And yeah, it helped, helped me a, a great deal. It's um, very much something you have to work at gradually and gradually improve your speech. And over the last eight years, that's what I've done. My speech has improved a lot in that time. And um, yeah, very much, as like you say, as a result of that, so once I improved my speech to a point where I felt I could do anything really, which was probably six or so years ago, I had a bit of an opportunity, I suppose, where I thought, right, what do I really want to do? Because before I went on the course, I still had no idea really, but I knew I had to gain more control of my speech before I could really try and go for some ambitions. So once I got to that point where my speech had improved enough, I felt to try and do anything that's when I had a good phase of just sort of sat down and thought right, what do I really want to do and I didn't really have a clue at that time like most people but I've just sort of gradually tried a lot of things I've I've um, went back to university to study sports science that's something I've always liked not necessarily to do in career wise but it's just something I'm really interested in that's what I really followed I've I've not tried to think of it as a career path, I thought, well, what do I like to do the most? I'm just gone with that. And a lot of the time that's been unpaid. Sometimes it's been involved things which are also paid. But that's never really been my priority. I've always wanted to just think, right, I'm going to try and do what I love the most. Whether that's unpaid or paid doesn't really matter. Made that the priority. And then and also try not to restrict that in any way. So try not to restrict that with a need for payment or a need for a certain frequency. I've always found really important. What do you mean about need for a certain frequency? So sometimes if you're doing paid work, you have to meet certain deadlines, that sort of thing. Or if your passion is, say, artwork, if you've got a need for or producing a certain number of things in a certain amount of time, that puts a certain restriction on what you actually like doing. But if you if you do something out of your own passion, then you could you can do it at your own frequency. That kind of thing. Right, right. So, what what does that? Um, that I mean, that's a very interesting way of looking at it. I think you know things that don't need don't need a certain frequency. So, what does that exclude, and what does that include for, for yourself as far as things you might do? Okay, so a good example for me is I again regarding my speech. I've um, been lucky enough to do a lot of things in the last few years, which involve for me quite exciting speaking opportunities things like speaking on the radio so it's all been part of my own speech progress is to really push myself and as a result I've been lucky enough to do things like that 
But if I was to say I wanted to speak on the radio all the time, that's, that's quite a difficult thing to get into. It's possible, but, but actually my enjoyment is the sort of random opportunities that have come along. And because they've not been paid or require that frequency, they've been more exciting to me. Yeah, and yeah. Whereas if I was, that was restricted by a need for a certain frequency or payment, there'd be a lot less opportunities. I, mean, I certainly wouldn't have done a lot of things I have done if I'd needed to be paid for it, that kind of thing. Yeah, that, that certainly seems to, it kind of resonates with the idea, isn't it, that if you have this thing that you love to do and you have to be very careful if you do start to get paid for it, because like you say, with the frequency thing, you have to do it repeatedly, maybe every week or at least yeah. every once in a while. And then, and then the, the enjoyment changes of it completely, doesn't it? It's a, it's a very important point, I think, when you are thinking about things that you love. Some of the people I know who are um, writers or illustrators or something, and they've, they've got themselves in a good position where they are being paid for the thing they like to do, but it's stopped being the thing they like to do anymore. And it's, it's a really interesting balance, I think, isn't it, to, uh, to, to hold on to, yeah. So, yeah. And I think that sort of thing is always going to be work in progress. You're going to go too far one way, or two for the other, but that's just probably the nature of yeah that process. You're not actually going to find the perfect perfect balance. It's going to go up and down. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I just want to go back to something you were just saying a bit earlier, then, which was like you said you were following. You always try to follow like what it is you like to do, and we were talking a bit earlier about um when you're thinking of this idea. It's probably the most important question as far as this goes. Is what is it you like to do? You know, you're a teenager in your early twenties, and you just can't answer this question. You don't really know what it is, but I think you were you were saying earlier that it's interesting that you don't answer this question with a job title. It's that's not that's not what comes out of it. And so, when you were saying you were sitting down and thinking, "What do I like to do?" What sort of exact answer were you giving that question? What was what was coming out of that? I think I sort of found, like you say before, sort of fell into what I actually like simply by initially sort of thinking, like what what kind of skills do I like doing? What activities do I like? And what kind of areas of what I like to do them in? So very vague terms. Just sort of literally getting a piece of paper, writing down a load of things. And then I th- I found it quite important in hindsight that some of them much more suited being unpaid and much and some could possibly fit with being paid. Again and again, some things suited more not having any restriction on frequency, like I was saying before. So a good example I remember thinking at the time was I really like being outdoors. I really like exploring places. But if I had a if I had a paid job doing that, it's likely it's more likely you'd be restricted in some way, as in you couldn't just go where you want, whenever you want. So if if that's part of your passion is being outdoors, maybe that fits more with doing that unpaid in your own time. It depends what you like. It, there's a lot of factors. Yeah. And so uh, another thing was, do I want to do things on my own with other people? How many other people? All these sort of factors were involved with... Again, I didn't look at it from a, a paid job point of view. I thought it was just a point of view of what do I like to do the most. And then, But then just going out and just trying loads of stuff is probably the most important thing for me. Yeah. Where, and again, that sort of was by accident as well because for me that was about my speech initially. I wanted to practice conversational speech. I wanted to practice speaking to audiences, speaking as a, any kind of speaking I could think of. And along the way, I've discovered things I like. So I had no intention to have ever been, say, a mentor on the speech therapy course. I went on the course to help myself. And as a result, I found something I liked doing. So that was my first initial thing I did was 
I don't know what I want to do, but I know I'm enjoying going on this course and helping other people. So I'll do some more of that and then see what else comes along. And that's yeah. what I've done. So I've, I've sort of kept hold of the things I like along the way and then found new things by meeting new people. You discover all kinds of things just by doing more things. It's like, yeah, like you said, a lot of it is just trying out more things isn't yeah. it? and discarding some and, and, and keeping with other things. Yeah. And yeah. that's so much easier to do when you do it unpaid because... I've done quite a bit of work experience, say, for just one day. Just go along, go go meet a few people doing certain things you might have some interest in. You might discover you, after that one day, you've no interest in it, but that's quite useful. What sort of things did you do then for one day work experience? So I've um, I've always liked um, sport and health and fitness and stuff, so I've approached a lot of local sports clubs and just went along to meet people who worked there and that kind of thing, and... And quite quickly, you sort of pick up what I get on well with these people. Do I like the sort of work they're doing? And so, and you could you could get a paid job there and realize that after a few months, you could realize the same thing that you could discover by going to ten different places. And for one day, you could learn so much more just by doing it unpaid initially. That initial contact with people, and I, I used to write quite a lot of emails to people and go and visit people, just in areas I had some interest in, and people generally respond. I found because you know, it's not a paid approach. You just ask them, can you give, give me a bit of advice on what it's like doing this thing? And anyone can afford to yeah. go for one day, can't yeah. they? It's not, yeah. yeah. So I think people would be quite interested in, in hearing, because um, it's often said, you know, it's good to get work experience. In, but how exactly did you go about finding people and approaching people and getting them to take you on even for one day? You know, do you, how did you look them up even? You just, you just found people and approached them, did you really? I think... Yeah, like I said before, when I just sort of wrote down a load of ideas, that sort of gave me a few ideas of what is actually going on out there. So, for example, say I like in the field of sport, I like I like certain sports, and I like. Oh, so good example for me was I've always liked maths and I like sport, and I thought, how can I combine the two? And so I approached the local cricket club, and they do a lot of data analysis work in the cricket club. And I spent a week with the guy there who's the team analyst. Who's sort of shadowing. Doing work experience, sort of learning yeah. what he does. And yeah. So that was just one example where either either <laughs> sort of gives you ideas in, immediately, the sort of things you could do, or and asking other people as well, right, say to, say to a friend or something, or I've got these ideas, can you think of anything where that fits? But then, then again, you learn much more by trying a few things like that than speak to the people who are actually doing it they'll give you lots of ideas because they know they know the field and they... yeah and what you saying earlier about how what actually happened when you did that um work experience at the cricket club and you actually ended up getting a job there didn't you out of that almost immediately yeah so how, how did that happen yeah well yeah so so i i i spent a few months basically doing work experience with them just going along volunteering my time how and often was that each week you were sort of volunteering it was quite Random actually, it was sort of um, the odd weekend or the odd evening on a on a weekday. It wasn't it wasn't a sort of structured thing, but just as a result, because because they knew me enough, it and again you're in the right place at the right time. That's kind of so often the way it works. And then I an opportunity came up with them, which they just offered to me because they knew me well enough, and I worked for them for a couple of years doing that. What so, full full time for them? Yeah, paid full time. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting from what you were saying before, how did you feel about doing the job paid full time? Was it as good as it was when you were just doing free for work experience? 
I'd say that that particular job probably was because it was I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think also, I think in hindsight also, because I'd sort of found my own niche, if you like, when I was unpaid, because you can sort of choose to an extent how to how to help someone out. You can sort of show what you're most interested in when you're unpaid. They actually, the role they offered me was very similar to what I was doing already, which they wouldn't necessarily known what my interests right, or skills yeah. were. Oh, if I hadn't done the unpaid book. So eventually you left that job. How long did you leave in the end? Was it just, it ran, it ran its course or? Yeah, very much. So I, I was looking to do a few other things as well. Yeah. But yeah, I had sort of... Oh, so you were still but, trying other things out. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I've always, ever since I, like I was saying, I improved my speech, I've always been doing a few different things at once. I like to keep myself busy. I like to be, make the most of my speech. That's how I think of it. So I've always been doing, been involved with the speech therapy course, doing things linked with sport, so a number of different things at once, which keeps it interesting as well. Right. So, uh, so after you did the um, the sort of data analysis for the, the cricket club, what sort of, what other jobs did you do that sort of led up to what you do now and and doing the mentoring now? Do you think what what other sort of work were you doing? I've I've done a couple of jobs which, to me, sort of link with my mentoring for the speech therapy course. So again, I've met a lot of people on that course. Who, who, like myself, are working on their speech and I'm helping them, they're, they're helping me. So again, just by meeting a lot of people, you that creates opportunities in its own way. So I've, I've worked in a summer school for a couple of years through a friend I know from that course. And that, again, that was partly to push myself speech-wise. I had a role which was on the telephone a lot, which helped my speech a lot. So that was sort of partly for myself, but partly through the people I met there. So a lot of jobs came about just through personal contacts, really, isn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, it seems to be yeah. a way of it a lot of the time, isn't it? You, you put yourself out there and you get to know people. People tell you about work, really, don't you? That's, that's like none of these jobs, you haven't found them in a newspaper or anything, have you, or advertised anywhere. It's all, all been just through meeting people. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's very much now my... The main thing I look for for my paid work is I try and do things with people I like, because that... Because then I know I'm going to have a good experience around people I enjoy being around. But the other, the other side of it, which I find quite important, is in terms of my paid work, I try not to put too much pressure on that in, in respect of I try not to satisfy my main passions with the paid work I do. Because, so for example, my current job is a sort of office support type role. And, and I really enjoy it because I don't try and satisfy my passions with that. I just see it for what it is. And so it's good for my conversational speech, my telephone speech, and I like some of the skills around the office. But I don't try and make it any more than that because then you can end up a bit frustrated yeah. that you're not satisfying. It's helping other you patients. in some ways in this compartment of your life. Yeah. But you're not looking for it to help you in this other compartment of your life. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I, I think that's one of the uh, big things, isn't it? Like keeping these things separate, the paid work and the other thing, and then they don't. You don't get frustrated with the paid work because it's not not doing the fulfilling thing in some yeah, ways. It's kind of, exactly. yeah. Uh, yeah. And that way, I really enjoy my paid work because I see it for what it is. I I like, it's definitely financial backup, but also I see it as good skills practice, how I think of it, speech-wise and other other skills I like doing. 
it's very good for my speech because I'm around people, which is what I need to do, and that's what I like to do. And it's also because that's that way I'm not restricting the paid work either by trying to make that sort of crowbar that into some passion that I actually have. I just make it paid work, and that's what it is, and then I enjoy it. Because of that, and it's the the paperwork you do now, the the support role is that it's full time though, is it? It's sort of like yeah. thirty five, forty hours a week. Yeah, thirty seven hours. Right. Yeah. So, and does that? Um, obviously, that's still a full time job. Does that leave you enough time for the other stuff that you want to do? You know, it's the the mentoring. They they give you time off for the mentoring and that kind of thing. Does that work out okay? Yeah, it's very good. I mean, and again, because the paid work, because. Like I said before, that's I just see that as um, that role in its own right. It means I don't think about that when I'm not there. I just I think about it when I am there, and that's what I do. But then, on breaks, on lunch times, before and after work, I'm not thinking about that at all. And so, and I, a lot of my mentoring. So the way it works is we have a, a telephone support system where people can phone you or I phone them any time of the day. So I'm quite regularly speaking to people at lunch times or on a break at work, on the train going to work, after work. So it's very much around the the day job anyway. You don't take so. calls when actually at work. No, no. no. Yeah. yeah. But um But around it, all around it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but because also because also I've explained to the people I work with in my day job what I do for my own speech and my mentoring on the speech therapy course, people have responded really well to that because they know what I need to do to improve my speech so they help me from that respect and they've been very good around me taking days off to go on the speech therapy course. It's interesting that you, um, I, I can imagine like an employer, you know, their employer, I mean employers aren't, you know, they do want their help out there, their staff, things they do and for your work that you really like to do in, in mentoring and in, in speech therapy and they can see how it's benefited you as well as far as doing your job. You think it would be the same if you were doing if your passion was, say, something artistic that had nothing to do with your work, and that's, do you think they would be as accommodating then? Or if you explain it, it's interesting to think how employers kind of view other people's work outside of work, isn't it? Yeah, I think it definitely does depend on what your passion is, I would, yeah. I would guess. I mean, again, like I was saying, I've just sort of fell into what I like to do in many ways in terms of the paid work as well. I think because my interests around my speech and helping others develop, that very much fits with, you might say, with with my current paid job, because that's all about people development. Yeah. And, and me improving my speech is, benefit, is of benefit to them as an employer, yeah. definitely. If my passion was so more artistic, then wouldn't necessarily have that obvious fit. So yeah. Yeah, that's very possibly true. Yeah. But I suppose that doesn't, that doesn't mean, you know, maybe that would be one of the criteria for the paid work you look for is you look for it so that it supports your the valuable work you do in as much a way as possible. And one of the things you just said was about your paid work allowing you the mental space for doing your work, isn't it? Because you don't have to think about it afterwards. So yeah. I think that's one of the most important criteria for paid work in a way, really, isn't it? If you're constantly drained by what you do at work for money, yeah, you can't, you don't have the mental energy to think about your other work outside of it. Yeah, no, That's definitely true. And, and the aspects... Speech-wise, there are a benefit to me in my paid work are by chance, really. So it's a benefit to me to be around people, conversational speech, and speaking on the telephone is good for me. 
but that's not why I chose that work. That just happens to be the case. So even if my day job didn't involve any speaking, I would still satisfy my my speech passions outside of my day job. So yeah. it wouldn't really matter to me if that. It's just a benefit, really. Yeah. Oh, but were there, were there any other when you when you took this job when you when you looked for this job in the first place were there were, did you have in mind any sort of other criteria that you wanted from pay work that would mean making it easier for you to do your other work sort of thing? Was there other things that you were actively seeking? You think? I think initially I was keen to work somewhere that I had, you know, had some interest in, definitely. Yeah. But not so much that it was too restrictive. So I was keen to do something which involved some sort of positive difference or people development, because that's that's my interest anyway and my yeah. background. And I was quite keen to work somewhere which was of reasonable size, which would mean I'd have a more chance to take time off where people can cover for each other. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of that's work, interesting. That, yeah. that, that kind of works yeah. for me. Yeah. You wouldn't, that, I could be anywhere, but I'd, it, it seemed easier to me to work somewhere where that might be an, an easier arrangement to, to organise. So does that necessarily mean a sort of company of a certain size, I suppose, where there's more than one person doing your job so that it can be covered? That's kind of what I was thinking at the time, but it wouldn't, that wouldn't have to be a restriction. I mean, you could easily have a job in a smaller place where you could, you could travel about doing your role. It just so happens mine is office-based. Yeah. If, if, I, if my current role, I was moving around, I could still do my job whilst doing the mentoring side of thing at the same time, pretty much, you know, just yeah. intersperse the two. So yeah. I don't think there's ever too much restriction if yeah. you're on the, in that, that regard. I suppose it's just a general rule of thumb, isn't it, that you're, you're bearing in mind that while you're going to be doing this paid work, don't want it to obliterate your chances for doing your other work. You've just you've got to kind of keep the balance there. Really, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I was, I was thinking what you, I mean, the way your sort of work is set up at the moment, you say you have a paid job that you, you pretty much enjoy and you like what it gives you and then you have the time for doing this other mentoring thing would you would you say there's are there any other kind of like goals that you're trying to get to or would you how, how successful do you feel it that you're sort of working balances at the moment does it have any any further to go to be more successful or does it kind of satisfy you with all it does at the moment i think my current thinking is i'm going to continue on the sort of path i've been on as in Love to improve what I like to do the most and along the way do different day jobs. That's how I think of it. So I'm always looking to improve what I think of as I'm not sure if it makes sense, but I think of it as my, my speech adventures. That's how I think of it. So I'm always looking to do more exciting speaking to and improve my speech journey, if you, if you want to call it that. And along the way I'm it's just what I found that's the way it's worked for me as I if that means me moving locations, then I will do. And I'll get day jobs along the way doing that. That's that's my priority is just to keep doing my passions to the to the maximum. So your paid work might change because your other work sort of demands it in a way. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. that's how I like to do it. And, right. yeah. and um, also what I've always found quite important, and it's not really been by choice either, is I because I the things I really like to do don't actually involve don't require much money to do. You know, speaking, speaking's free if you like. It means it means I don't 
actually need a paid job that earns me loads of money, which which obviously makes the whole thing easier as well. Yeah. So again, I guess it depends what your passion is. If your passion is something that doesn't need much money, then that's immediately so much easier to do. Yeah, I can understand if your passion was something that requires more money, then that's a bit of a, a bit of a different one to, to sort out. But if you if your passion is something you that doesn't need much money, then that's you're in a in a great position, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so um, kind of to sort of end, what I sort of like to think is you were saying earlier about um, up until the point where you sort of did the speech therapy course, you were still hunting around for what this what this thing was that you really sort of what did you really like to do? You were trying to answer that question. So if you if you were able to go back in time and speak to your 18, 20 year old self. Do you think there's any kind of advice you would give them that would put you on a sort of slightly different path, maybe get to where you are quicker or is, was it all so organic that you, that wouldn't really be possible, do you think? Obviously tricky to answer, but I think the, I mean, it's something which um, gets spoken about on, on the speech therapy course I, I help out on is, because people go there to try and improve themselves and that could be career-wise, it could be all kinds of ways. And something we talk to each other about a lot and we would just say, as long as I'm trying to follow what I like to do it, at that current time, and you can't go too far wrong. And it's, it's, never, it's never an easy one to, to answer, but what you're currently into, if you do, if you do that, you would do that to the maximum, you're going to meet other people who are like mind, which is always a great thing. And then other things come along along the way. So I guess up, up until that point you mentioned, I was probably just sort of doing the, the, the subjects, subjects in school, which I was, I was good at, I suppose, in some way, more than necessarily what I enjoyed the most. So you can, but well, I don't think it has to be in school necessarily, partly in school, but a lot outside school, just do what you currently enjoy and do lots of different things and I think that you'll discover what you like most. It's, it's quite a vague answer, but that's what I've done. No, no, I was, no, I was just thinking, you know, it's you saying about it being the subjects you do at school because kind of like what you're saying now is what you like to do is advocate for speaking and do speaking engagements and like that and that isn't a subject at school. So no. you have to kind of come across that yourself. And I was thinking, well, what I was kind of taking from that in a way was that kind of what you're saying to your younger self is that you just keep asking the question, what is this that I like to do? And really, you're just, just refining the answer all the time and not and thinking at the beginning, I'm not going to know the answer to this question. You're just trying, like you were saying before, trying things out in order to answer that question. That's, that, that's exactly it. I mean, yeah. when people talk about you know, follow your passions, that's probably the thought I had many years ago. As soon as you think about doing that, that's what, that's what makes you think, well, what actually are my passions? And once you start thinking like that, then you just gradually... You work them out as you go along. Yeah. So, yeah, following your passions is quite a vague thing, I think. You've got to actually, the whole adventure of that is discovering what they are, which isn't obvious at all at the start. It wasn't for me. And it's probably slightly leading out of the idea that when, when school says to you, follow your passions, they're kind of meaning in a more subject-based way, aren't they? And actually, you're learning that follow your passion doesn't really mean that. It means something more than what your capabilities at school are it's it's something much more general yeah. general than that really isn't it like like you said you know 
liking working with people that that is one of your passions and then you can use that as a guide for the things that, things that you find out yeah. yeah yeah i definitely found on that point thinking more in terms of what kind of activities what kind of people do i like being around rather than necessarily what subjects that is and then in what sort of areas then then you're starting from quite a, a wide remit if you like but then then sort of compare compare them when right I think I like these five areas but what do I like most and then and you constantly sort of refining what you like to do and do a few things at once is what I would always go with and you'll you'll work it out as you go along yeah well that seems like a good point to finish so Matt Callard thanks very much for coming on Career Realities thanks very much Realities podcast with me, Ethan Crane. More books, podcasts, and writing on the tyranny of careers and the joy of work. Please see www.ethancrane.com. Thank you for listening.